the Public News Service Daily Newscast for February the 23rd, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. A new survey of students at historically black colleges and universities and minority-serving institutions finds almost half have struggled with food insecurity in the past 30 days, including at schools in California. In the report, funded by the Annie E. Casey Foundation, many students said they've had to choose between paying rent and buying food. Terrell Strayhorn with Virginia Union University's Center for the Study of Historically Black Colleges and Universities says nearly half the respondents had lost a job during the pandemic. Without jobs, they are worried about housing, worried about their food, worried about basic needs and bills. Some of the students in our sample have had medical issues that are depending on those jobs, either to pay their medical bills or for health benefits. In the survey, 55% of respondents said their housing situations are unstable, and 20% said they've been homeless at some point in the past year. I'm Suzanne Potter. Advocates say affordable child care is another pressing need among graduate students. President Joe Biden Tuesday announced new investments in the domestic production of minerals and materials that are crucial to creating a wide array of technical devices, including computers, smartphones, batteries, household appliances, and vehicles. That from CNN. They report the investments are the latest step the administration is taking and installing persistent supply chain challenges that have plagued Biden since he took office. CNN notes the president announced $35 million in funding awards to the Nevada-based company MP Materials. And from electric vehicle infrastructure to renewable energy initiatives, Indiana lawmakers have spent much of this session with their eyes on a post-fossil fuel future. The state Senate has approved a bill establishing a framework for utilities to build and operate small modular reactors. In a House committee meeting last week, GOP Senator Eric Koch of Bedford said the measure would help pave the way for Indiana's future energy economy. States are moving this direction. Nobody is moving the other way. Uh, states around the country are all taking steps in this direction, and I hope you would agree Indiana should too. The bill also would grant financial incentives to companies that operate and build nuclear reactors. Opponents argue the cost of operating and constructing the facilities would be passed on to consumers, and environmental groups express concerns about nuclear waste, which can be expensive and difficult to dispose of safely. This is Jonah Chester reporting. According to the International Atomic Energy Agency, small modular reactors generate about a third as much power as traditional reactors. The measure passed out of the House Energy and Utilities Committee last week. This is PNS. New research from the group Environmental Defense Canada makes the case that there's a path forward to shutting down the Line 5 dual pipelines, which run under the Straits of Mackinac. The Canadian gas company Enbridge Energy plans to build a tunnel to contain the pipeline, but some engineers think the proposal poses safety risks. Canadian officials have supported the pipeline, citing the company's claims that closing it would put the country's natural gas supply at risk. But Beth Wallace with the National Wildlife Federation says this report shows alternatives that would not cause major disruptions. Line 5 is almost 20 years past its useful engineered life, according to the experts that originally constructed the pipeline. The location itself, 20% of the world's fresh water, drinking water for millions of people, it should have never been put there to begin with. The report outlines possible alternatives, such as rerouting some of the Line 5 supply to another pipeline, Line 78, and other fossil fuel transport options. 
Ambridge says Line 78 is full serving existing customers and cannot accommodate more, and that increasing fuel transport capacity would take years to develop and also harm the environment. I'm Lee Bulky reporting. And a new alliance has formed to address Connecticut's affordable housing crisis with a focus on urban centers. Growing Together Connecticut is a multi-year effort to pass housing laws and reforms that confront discriminatory policies, like redlining, that have led to disinvestment in cities. One way to do that is through fair share policies that require cities to plan and zone for an adequate amount of affordable housing based on need. Erin Boggs of Open Communities Alliance, a coalition member, says these policies would make Connecticut a stronger state. We have many communities in the state that we have assessed as very low opportunity. We want to change that and we want to make sure that opportunity is available in an equal way across the state. New Jersey has had fair share policies in place for decades. Opponents have said they're burdensome for towns and cities and can be difficult to enforce. I'm Emily Scott. Finally, our Eric Teganoff tells us a unique radio station in the Columbia River Gorge provides information in English and Spanish. Radio Tierra is a small community station in Hood River, serving farm workers who mainly come from Mexico, living on both the Oregon and Washington sides of the river. Ubaldo Hernandez is host of a show on the station called Conoce to Colombia. Its purpose is to reach out to this community and talk about environmental and social issues that happen in our communities. Hernandez discusses a range of issues on his show, such as the health effects of pesticides and water quality in the Colombia. By the way, it's not all serious conversation on Radio Tierra. When a request comes in to lighten things up, the DJs are happy to oblige with some cheerful music. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on radio stations big and small. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.